Hello, this is Terry Cheek. I want to thank you for choosing our broadcast, and my prayer is that it will be an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. Comments or questions can be directed to me via the link on our sermon audio page. Now, on to your selection. Take a look at the book of Exodus tonight. Exodus chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading with verse 11. Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 11 tonight. We're going to look at a incident that happened in Moses' life. Moses, as you know, he was put in a basket and he was sent down the Nile River as a baby. He was done that way because Pharaoh had started killing all of the children. All of the children two years old and under, he was killing them because they were Hebrew. And he was afraid that they were going to raise up an army and they were going to try to overthrow Egypt. So in order to stop that, he decided to kill all of the babies two years old and under. So he started that. And Moses' mother took Moses, put him in a basket of bulrushes, and sent him afloat down the Nile River. He was found by, by Pharaoh's, by Pharaoh's daughter. And she took him, and she took him to raise. And he was raised in the Egyptian household. So he was raised as an Egyptian. So he grew up and he had the best of everything. Moses grew up literally with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was in line. He impressed Pharaoh so much. He was in line to be the next Pharaoh of Egypt. He was going to be the next one coming in. So Moses had everything at his disposal. But he understood who he was. He understood that he wasn't an Egyptian. Moses realized that he was a Hebrew. And that bothered him. Because he watched his people be enslaved. He watched them as they were beaten. As they were forced into uh, to do hard labor. They were building pyramids and they were building big temples and, and they were moving and putting in cities and doing all kinds of hard work and they were dying and they were getting just meager portions of food and it broke Moses' heart. So we're going to pick up on a part of Moses' life here in just a moment. From chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, beginning with verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, they were fighting. And he said to him, and he said to the one that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. 
But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat down by a well. So Moses was out walking around one night. Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. Moses decided that he was going to do something about this. He had seen enough. So he killed the Egyptian. And he buried him in the sand. And he thought that nobody saw it. But then the next day he found out when two Hebrews were fighting among themselves and Moses tried to call them down, they threw it up in his face and they said, what are you going to do? Kill us like you killed that Egyptian last night? Moses was shocked. Then Pharaoh found out and Pharaoh was going to have him executed. So Moses ran. And he ran to a country, to a place called Midian. So, what does that say to us? Well, we all find ourselves in a place at one time or another where we've made a bad decision. And that decision looks different for all of us. It may be a bad financial decision. It may be a bad relationship decision. It may be a bad decision concerning drugs or alcohol. It may be a bad decision that uh, that led us to jail. But nonetheless, we found ourselves in a spot where we've made a bad decision. We find ourselves in a place where sometimes life doesn't make sense. And that's nothing new. It was nothing new for Moses and it's nothing new for us in the 21st century. People still make bad decisions. I make them quite frequently. Not as bad as I used to. They're not as severe as they used to be, but I still make bad decisions. So what do we do? Well, most people, including Moses, he thought that his story was over. He had he had it made. And he wasted that life. He had to run and he wound up in a country in poverty, not having anything. He had no place to live. He didn't even have a tent to pitch. He found himself there at a well to get, in, to get himself a drink of water and he was having to think about what does life hold for me? Where do I go from here? And you know what? When we find ourselves in a bad decision and we're dealing with the consequences of it, we're asking ourselves the very same thing. Where do I go from here? What's next? Well, God doesn't turn His back on us. He didn't turn His back on Moses. And that's what I want us to think about tonight. That's what I want us to hear from God's Word about some things, some places of encouragement. Some things that God done with Moses and that he will do with you and I if we will trust him, if we will look to him. One thing I want to make known tonight is when, when we make a life-changing decision, we got to remember that nothing surprises God. When Moses done what he did, when he killed that Egyptian, it may have surprised Moses. It may have surprised Pharaoh. 
It may have surprised the Hebrews. It may have surprised the Egyptians. We know it surprised that one Egyptian. But it didn't surprise God. God knew what he was going to do before he done it. And God allowed him to do it. Because God wanted to use it as a teachable moment in his life. When you and I make bad decisions in life, God allows it so he can use it as a teachable moment. He uses it as a way to show us where we've done wrong so that we can correct it, so that we can grow as a person. He also uses it to bring us closer to him and his will. You see, God had a plan for Moses. God's plan for Moses was to go back, not as an Egyptian, but God's plan for Moses was to go back as a Hebrew and leave them out of slavery. So we look at Moses and he was a broken man. He was someone that had committed a crime, committed a felony that we would call it today, and he was given a death penalty in Egypt. And God was going to send him right back in there again to do it again, to go back in there and face those people again. When we make bad decisions in life, there are consequences that come with them, but God, being who He is, uses it to bring us out, to bring out the best in us, not to bring out the worst. Not to make us feel like we're inferior, but to show us and to show the world around us that we can rise up above it and that He can bring us up and He can bring the true person out of us that He knows is inside of us. So we've got to remember that God knows everything and nothing catches Him by surprise. God loves us despite ourselves. That doesn't mean that He's going to allow us to continue living and doing things that are wrong. But it means that He will take those, He will forgive them if we will ask Him for forgiveness, and He will take that and it will be a teachable moment in our life so that we can learn and grow and get closer to Him and be better people in the process. And that's what God wants in all of our lives. He wants us to grow daily. There isn't one person in the Bible that didn't have a problem in life. This was one of Moses' problems. Cain and Abel, Adam's children, one killed the other. They had a dysfunctional family. King David had a dysfunctional family. King David himself was an adulterer and a murderer. God used him to do great things. God used his family and his children even though they had failures to do great things. Then we move on. We go through all of the prophets that were there. They had their problems and their issues in life and God used them to do great things. We move into the New Testament and we look at the 12 apostles and they were problem men, every one of them. And Matthew was a tax collector. He was hated just because of the job that he done. He was corrupt. 
He was a corrupt bureaucrat for the Roman government. But Jesus called him to follow him. He went. And because he repented and he sought Christ, God used him. John Mark was another one. John Mark took out he was raised in a Christian home. And he left to go with the Apostle Paul and Barnabas on a missions trip. And he got halfway there and he got cold feet and he left. He ran away from the Lord and went around, ran away from God's work. He didn't stay. Over time, he got converted. Barnabas got him back in line again and mentored him and got him straightened up and got him to do him work for God and got him right. And at the end, when Paul was in prison right before he was executed, he was asking for John Mark to come and bring him food and bring him some clothes and minister to him. God uses imperfect people because all people are imperfect. There isn't one of us that doesn't have an issue in life. There isn't one of us that doesn't have a story. And I'm not saying we need to advertise it. We don't need to. We know what our story is and God knows. But God God wants to use that situation to make us better people and to be able to be used by Him to help other people. When we look at Moses and we see the situation he was in, we think that everything was over for Moses. But no, it was just the beginning. Because every, he might have been caught by surprise, but God wasn't. So just remember, whatever it is that you may find yourself going through in life, God was not caught by surprise. And he can use it for your good. Also, we need to remember that God never loses control. When we find ourselves in these spots and in these situations, we sometimes feel like life is out of control. We feel like everything is in a spin. And it's spinning wildly like a, a race car, going around a race car track. Like the poor guy in Daytona who got spun out on the last lap. Sometimes our life feels that way. That we're spun out, we're going round and around and we're flipping end over end and we're out of control. And in our way of thinking, we may be. We may not know where we're going to stop. We may not know what condition we're going to be in when we get stopped. But God does. He is still in control of everything around us. And He knows where He's going to let that stop, where it's going to end. You know that back in November, on Thanksgiving Day, I had a stroke. When that happened, I didn't at first know what was going on. But when I found out, I wondered, where was it going to end? What was, what was the end result? I felt like everything was out of control. But then I realized when I was laying in the hospital bed, I realized that night 
God knows where he's going to stop this thing. God knows where he's going to leave me with it. All I have to do is trust him. When life seems out of control and we don't know what where the end is going to be, we can rest assured and we can gain peace and comfort in knowing God knows where that's going to be. And he's not going to let us go any farther than he wants. And we can trust him to take care of us. So when you find yourself in one of these situations and everything feels out of control, stop long enough to take a deep breath and pray. Because God knows where this thing is going to end. God still has control. And you can find peace and you can find security and you can find comfort in the reality of God still being in control. Even when you may not know where that's going and where it might end, you know that God knows and all you have to do is have faith in Him. Have faith in Him to get you to that point. He may not get you out of it, but He may get you through it. He's going to do one of the two. He's either going to get you completely out of it or He's going to see you through it. If you're a child of His, if you're born again and you're His child, He is not going to abandon you. He has never abandoned one of His children. And He's not going to begin with you or I. He will either take us completely out of it or He will take us through it. He's not going to leave us out of control. He's not going to leave us concerned and lost and in fear. He's going to take care of us. He did Moses. He got Moses out of Egypt. He got him into Midian. He stopped him and got him to a well. Got him in an area where he could have something to eat and something to drink. He could be taken care of. He may not have had all of the creature comforts of Egypt. But when Moses didn't know what the next day was going to bring, God did and God knew exactly where he was going to stop him. And that's where he left him. <clears throat> Number three, when we make life-changing decisions, we remember or need to remember to accept where God has you and look for His purpose. God left Moses at Midian. Now, if you look for Midian on a Bible map, you'll find it. It's a little bitty place in the middle of nowhere. Literally. It is in the middle of a rocky, barren area. And where he left Moses, there was one well. One well that was dug by a man named Jethro where he and his daughters were living. They were sheep herders. And that's where God put Moses. He put him in a family of sheep herders. And that's where Moses worked and lived for 40 years. In that desert with, with Jethro and his daughters. And he wound up marrying one of those girls. So he went from being a prince in Egypt to a sheep herder. 
in the middle of nowhere with nothing more than a bunch of mountains and hot, dry weather and one well. Now, it sounds like a pretty big step down. And sometimes that's how God has it in our life. Sometimes God has us take a step up on our, if through our eyes, He has us take a step up and sometimes He has us take a step down. But what God was doing was using those 40 years in the desert as a shepherd to prepare Moses for the next 40 years that he would take him and send him back to Egypt to be a leader of the people of Israel, of the Hebrews, to take them out of slavery and lead them across the Red Sea and into the Promised Land. Wherever God leaves you and puts you as he brings you through these bad decisions in life or the things that we look at as bad decisions in life, Understand that God has you there for a purpose. God has you there for a reason and that reason may very well be that He is preparing you for greater things in life. He is preparing you to go farther in life, in the next step of life. And it wasn't just with Moses that He did this. He did it with David. Saul was the king of Egypt. Saul was a big man. He was a handsome man. He was Israel's choice for their king. Yet, the story of Goliath, Goliath and the Philistines were there. Goliath was, he was threatening and he was boasting and he was telling Israel, I will fight one man, send one man out, I will fight him. Now we know Goliath was a tall man. And we know that he was a big man. And he was a strong man. But so was Saul. And Saul had this special armor that was made that he had made for a king. But Saul wouldn't go out and fight him. And nobody, none of the Israelites would go out and fight him. Well, here come David, a teenager, a little red-headed, freckle-faced teenager that wouldn't weigh a hundred pounds soaking wet And he was delivering food to his family, to his brothers who was there in Israel's army ready to fight the Philistines. That's the only reason David was there. He was the pizza delivery boy that day. And he showed up with the food and he heard Goliath boasting. And David said, is no one going to shut him up? Are you going to let him talk about God's people this way? Is nobody going to shut him up? So David went out there and David shut him up. And David cut his head off with his own sword. Well then David became a national hero. And because of Saul's jealousy, God took the kingdom away from Saul and gave it to David. But he also gave David a lot of hardship because Saul became jealous. And if you go through the books, uh, the books of First and Second Samuel, you can read about these things. Saul chased David all over the countryside trying to kill him. 
David found himself living in caves, living in the woods, camping out. He had just a very few friends that were trying to help him out. And everybody was trying to kill him because the king had put a bounty on his head. The king was after him and the king was using all the disposal of everything to kill David because he did not want David taking over the kingdom. So David was taken to a spot where he was given the kingdom of Israel but then because of Saul he was on the run as a fugitive. God put him in that spot for that particular time to teach him and train him so that he would be able to take over Israel and be the king that God wanted him to be. What we go through in our lives daily, the good days and the bad days and the days where we just really don't know why things are like they are, God leaves it in our life for a purpose so that we can learn and grow and develop because God's preparing us for something great in the days ahead or the weeks ahead or maybe the years ahead. But he is preparing us for these things. So when we're thinking about and pondering the bad decisions that we may have made in life or the circumstances that we find ourselves in life, stop and think that God wasn't taken by surprise and this very well could be God's place for us at this time so that he can prepare us for the next great thing in our life that he has for us. Don't let bad decisions define who you're going to be in the future because that definition of who you put your frame of mind that you put yourself in may be totally opposite of what God's got prepared for you. Be patient and be faithful and wait and see what God's got in store. Don't beat yourself up over something that may be a blessing in the skies. He did it with Moses. He did it with David. He did it with the Apostle Paul. He did it with the Apostle Peter. There are many others that are in there that he did this and worked in these ways with. He's doing it in my life every day and I believe he's doing it in your lives as well. All we've got to do is just be patient and be faithful. Come back to God's Word and find these, find these stories. Read them. Gain strength and encouragement from them. Because that's why God has put them there. He's put those stories there of real people and real things that He has done in their lives in order to encourage us for the things that we're going through. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word tonight. Thank you for these men. Thank you for their faithfulness of being here. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll encourage them, that you'll strengthen them. I pray that if there's any of them struggling with anything in life, Lord, that you'll show them and use this message tonight as an encouragement to them to realize that you're not done in their lives yet that there are still great things that you can do through them and that you will do through them. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for the work that you've done in my life. I thank you for the things that you've brought me through. Lord, I just pray that you'll take that same initiative and you'll do that same thing in each one of these men's lives. Heavenly Father, it's just exciting to know that you've got things in store for them, for your kingdom in the future. As we depart and go our way, we ask that you would take care of each one, that you would lead God and direct in everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, men.